Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Hoff from Twickenham. Um, week 8 has been and gone. Lots of fascinating material for us to discuss. And as ever, I'm going to start uh, doing that with Sal Ali from North London. Sal, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to um, talking about a very exciting weekend in cricket in the league itself. Good, good. And have you had a busy weekend? A bit of umpiring? Yeah, I stood yesterday in the twos game at Winchmore Hill. Um, Luke's old club, um, we'll come to our guests in a minute. Um, yeah, North London played uh, Mitchell Hill, and Mitchell Hill were comprehensive winners by, I think, eight wickets in the end. Comprehensive oh, stuff. And you stood today in the NDL as well, didn't you? Yeah, I did the NDL game as well, which was um, North London Crouch. And another exciting finish, which went down to the, the last ball, and um, North London got winning draw. Cool. I mean, in all seriousness, a, a two game weekend for an umpire must leave you feeling pretty tired at the end of it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's more, I suppose, physically I'm okay, because I'm reasonably fit bloke, but. It's more the mental side of it, you know, just having to be on the ball and, you know, players will kind of maybe not, not test you, but they'll definitely make sure you're on your toes. So, yeah, but it's OK. I'm fine. Uh, Good man. Yeah. Good man. Um, third guest, as Sal has already alluded to, somebody who's been on the podcast before, um, very pleased to have him back, um, Luke Stanton from Ealing. Luke, you well? Very well, thank you. Yeah, doing good. Good, good. Good, good. Um, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons we're always keen to speak to you, Luke, is that you're a record breaker, right? This weekend has been... Uh, a scene you top the list of Premier League run scorers in the modern era. Uh, a proud moment or one that you just <laughs> are vaguely aware of because people like me tell you about it? <laughs> um, I, I was aware of it, but not through me um, kind of seeking it out, to be honest. I, we we played an MCC game last year at, uh, at St. Benedict's uh, Miles School and it was rain affected and we went to the pub and I think it was Halty and Christian Martin were badgering away on the, the Middlesex League website um, and said, oh, did you know you were however many runs away from, from Tommy Simpson on, on the list on the website? And I, I, I had no idea, to be honest. Um, 
you know, I'd scored a few runs over the years, but I, I couldn't have told you how many I'd scored. Um, but, but yeah, kind of. Oh, well, congratulations! <laughs> Interesting. For, for those who are not aware, um, I mean, would you have any idea how many games you've played in the Premier League, Luke? Or in uh, the Premier League since 2002, I should say. So that's my modern era. That's when we've got statistics. Um, not sure. Upwards of 200, I would think. Yeah, two, that's, I think that's a pretty decent guess. 217. And for those who are interested, um, before Saturday, Luke was on 5,952 runs. Average of 32.3 which strikes me as pretty, pretty damn impressive over, over a couple of decades. 35.50s and 900s. Now, you didn't need to score 100 yesterday to, uh, to, to, to inch past Tom Simpson. You needed 27, and you, you just about managed that, then took your leave, right? And, uh, and went back to the pavilion to admire the stats. Yeah, I got, I, you know, got back to the umpiring. So, yeah. Oh, well, no, here we go. Here we go. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> no, I stood in front of a straight one, I think, in the, in did the right thing, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was it was good. I mean, I, I I haven't played a huge amount of cricket this year because I've been travelling with work. I've been to America three times since um, since March and a week in Germany as well, and it hasn't really been conducive to playing much cricket. And then we've had a few injuries at Ealing. Um, played a game of the twos about three weeks ago and got some runs. And then um, yeah, we, we've haven't been very lucky with injuries so far this year. So so yesterday we had. I don't know what the average age in the team was, but it was it was I me, Holt, played. me yeah. Holty, Ahmed, Alec, and uh, and Steve Scott kept wicket as well. And Scotty must be must be pushing forty now. So it was at one point it was me, me Ahmed, and Holty all fielding on the leg side. And I reckon our, com- <laughs> our combined age was <laughs> was considerably more than the offside. So, yeah. <laughs> But it's kind of was cool, there I mean. a quiet ripple of applause when you got to, or, or was, was it, you know, was it a bit more sort of relaxed than that? And people mentioned it afterwards. Or when you got to twenty-seven, did, did, did anybody say anything? Or? Yeah, the boys did clap, um, yeah. which is a bit cringe, to be honest. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, probably was, wasn't it? Yeah, I was. I, was, I appreciate it, but I was, I was batting, and the wicket, the wicketkeeper from Hornsey was like, oh, "What were they clapping for?" And I, I just said to him, I don't know, mate, I'm not sure. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a nice, nice touch from them, but didn't really know what to say when they lifted what Well, they congratulations. And it's not, you know, it's not too far away to 6,000 either. I mean, it's entirely realistic that that might happen. So, um, you know, the, the, these are pretty impressive stats for, for just about every other club cricketer in Middlesex who's nowhere near that. So um, I think speak for both me and Sal and saying, you know, congratulations and, and keep going. Keep going, just for the, you know, also once you stop, you stop, yeah, as a general rule. So um, if, if you're still scoring runs in the Premier League, then respect you, keep keep at it. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's kind of my my philosophy as well. I mean, I've actually done quite a bit of uh, fitness and nutrition stuff over the winter, just not not for cricket specifically, just yeah. for, for myself. Um, signed up with, with Ben Claypole, um, who's, who's got a pretty amazing programme, a little plug for him there. Um, but yeah, I've shed a few kilos and, and feeling pretty good. And I don't know. I think one of the one of the reasons I've I've been able to to play for quite a long time is that I've never been very fit, and I've always kind of been fit enough for cricket. But then you know, I've played with a lot of people who've been much much fitter than me, who then start getting a bit less fit and get injured and then stop playing. Whereas for me, I just kind of I think I've maintained the the level of of unfitness if that's the mm. word um 
and it's, it's kind of stood me in good stead for cricket really um i think i heard someone say once if you don't have any muscles you can't pull them so that's kind of yeah, yeah. sums me up i think i like that logic yeah i did notice as well there's still someone playing in the league who's who's played considerably more games than, than you have actually i don't know if, it, if that person would come to mind in, in the top flight uh, it can only be one person. I think mean, I played with him last week. Uh, must be Mark Rheingold. Yeah, I think he's about. Oh, I should have looked this up before I came on. I think he's about two hundred and eighty games. So that's a good sixty or so yeah. more more than you. Which I mean, I, I just think, wow, that's you know. And he's still going, isn't he? It, it's impressive stuff. He is. Yeah, he, he, we played against John Lyon School in Harrow on when was it Thursday? He bowled beautifully, yeah. and, and he's a legend as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Good, good. Um, we'll get on to. Onto the Ealing game in a sec, in a sec, Luke. But we generally start with with Sal talking to us about the key messages here. And, and Teddington still top, um, yeah. still looking strong. What's what's your take on them? Yeah, I'm mean, talking about Mark Rungo's side. Not the best stage yesterday. Um, yeah, Teddington, Teddington. I mean, they, they do score heavily. Um, another example that yesterday, 300 and 304. Sorry, um, and the engine room in their batting is these two guys, Harry Evans and Abhishek Jindrawala, both scored hundreds. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, Stan was hoped to imagine rest of them, Stephen Ryan Gold, but um, a new signing that tends to have this season, Andrew Brewster, quite a quick bowler from what it sounds like. He took the wicket of Ryan Gold really early on, um, and it wasn't much fight back from them. Uh, Michael Levitt, the overseas, scored 40 not out. But, um, you know, it's, it's like an ongoing record, this one, really, in terms of the Teddington side. Uh, two, two, more than two, actually. So I would say gun batsmen, and they've got a, a varied bowling attack, which always. You know, no one really sort of takes applaudits. So they all sort of seem to do their bits. And just say another example of that where, you know, Captain Alice Pollock, um, spinners play their part as well. And in, in the end, as I said, um, Stan Moore were, as you like to say, Dan, probably third best in, in that game, um, losing quite heavily, bowled at 125. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you've played, I guess, both of those sides, Luke. I'm not sure if you've seen much of Teddington, but um, it, do you reckon that's. Is that a wake-up call for Stanmore about where they might actually be, or do you think you know this is yeah, everyone has a bad day? Uh, there's still good reason to expect Stanmore to be right up at the top of the table or, or challenging for the top of the table come September. What, what, what's your take on them? Uh, I, I didn't play in either of the games against against those two teams, but you know I just think it's great to, to see that Stanmore are, are doing really well, having been promoted, and a lot of the time the sides that that come up tend to go straight back down again and. It's. I think they really deserve it because they they play cricket in the in the right way. It's a nice club, um, and and they're a, a great bunch of lads as well. And I know they work hard and they really care about it. And they've got a good, good sort of club culture as well. And you know, I, I really hope that they, you know, that they're in the mix at the end of the season. Um, I'm not that familiar with, with where people are in the league. I know Teddington seem to be, you know, be far ahead at the moment. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see Stanmore challenging at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, Stanmore are fourth now, and, and they're, they're, they're 20, 22 points, I think it is, behind Teddington after yesterday's defeat. But North, North Mid are pushing Teddington again. I mean, another really strong side. They um, they did well yesterday, Sal, didn't they? Yeah, so they hopped over the fence um, to play Crouch End and came back happily uh, back to their clubhouse, I imagine. Uh, I mean, it wasn't probably sort of the game you expect. Um, you'd probably expect both sides to be high-scoring, you know, with the bats, batters they've got. But um, North Mid... 188 all out, for only 41 overs um, from being 164 for free. They had uh, the luxury of having Joe Cracknell available yesterday, scored 72. Um, James Parslow, director of cricket, scored 48. 
So, I mean, I suppose that at sort of the half time, as they call it, Karachi will be maybe slight favourites, I suppose. Um, Latin Hassan took five books for them, but they wasn't expecting Max Harris to sort of come, to come into uh, come to the fore. He blitzed them. They went, they was 11 for, 11 for five at one point, um, mainly down to him. And then from there, there was a bit of a partnership, and Hassan, Latin Hassan scored 50, along with Pujan Vias, who also scored a 50. But um, it was left to um, Harris to seal the, seal the victory and administer last rights, picking up his fifth wicket as uh, Crouch and all that for 138. So, what are you trying to tell me, Sal? Is they're going to regroup, Crouch and they're going to come back stronger and be much better side next week? Um, you know where they are next week, right? I do know where they are next week. Yeah. Um, I actually spoke to one of the players today at our game and he, he was saying there's a bit of concern in the batting and the top order, so they'll probably make some changes regarding that, maybe sort of change the personnel around a little bit. But yeah. Um, you know, you the four chasing one eight eight at their place. You know, you've got Joel Curtis in the side who's been scoring heavily this season. Um, Atara Prasad, who the Middlesex is, um, you know, played a lot of second in cricket for Middlesex. So the batting was there, but you know, when Max Harris bowls the way he can, he's, he's quick, um, yeah. and he seems like he's fit now as well because he's had injury problems in the past. You know, as I said, he blitzed them. You know, there's no comeback from them for five, is there? Really, um, when you're chasing maybe one eight eight, and in the end, that proved to be the case. Yeah, strong, strong performance by, by North Mid. And another strong performance by the Bush as well. They're three out of the last three, I think they've won, right? They're looking good. They're loving the time format. So, yeah, the, the three they games. Are, they? Yeah, they've won true. all three. Um, Hampton, definitely no match for this Bush team attack, which, again, is something we speak about regularly in the pod. Um, Ramon Bailey took five, and Idris Otomian took four. Hampton, that for one, three, three. Um, and then Joe Carrasco is having a really good season so far. I know he moved down from Shropshire, I think, maybe two, three years ago. Um sort of in and out with his cricket. I think this year he's had a sort of full season in terms of starts in, in the games we've had so far. He scored 50. And then um, Fring Trinouf, uh, another player who's you know come come down to London this season. Um, had a good start to season, but been sort of had a bit of a sort of drop-off in the last few games. They've moved into the middle order now. They've batted number five now, or four. Um, and he also scored a 50 as well. So um, Bush, very easy winners by eight wickets. So they're sort of hanging on to... I mean, the, the gap between Tennant and the North Mid is three points uh, and Bush are um, 13 points off the lead. But that could all change next week. Yeah. And particularly because if I've got this right, Tennant can play North Mid, right? They do indeed, yes. So, you know, that, that game could, you know, throw all sorts of results, really, as uh, in the time format. And that could maybe leave an open for Bush to sort of maybe sort of, you know, jump up into maybe potentially second spot if results sort of go in their favour. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's looking like a... Um, an interesting sort of almost halfway point to the season. I'm loving the fact the fixture calendar has thrown up Teddington v North Mid in week nine, which of course means Teddington v North Mid in week 18 as well. Exactly, so we yeah. potentially have a really juicy end to the season there. I mean, and also, don't we get too far ahead of ourselves. And also be limited overs game. So we like winner takes all. If we have the sort of same points format, you know, all the points differentiation it is at the moment, it's the same come, you know, week 18. Um, you know, limited overs, whoever wins, wins the league, effectively, but long way to go. We're getting a hard head of Long way to go, but yeah. we can see the, the, the direction of travel there already, can't we? And, um, yeah, yeah that, that's definitely one to, 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 to keep an eye on. Um, Luke, your game, so Ealing got a winning draw against Hornsey, right? And I guess, I, I guess given that Hornsey have struggled a bit, um, you're probably disappointed with that, but Hornsey look as if they, they managed to sort of put up a pretty decent show there, right? Yeah, it was a good game, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I, it always seems to be really close. Last year for Winchmore Hill, we were there, and yeah, you know, we were. I can't remember the score exactly, but we 
we had them quite a lot down for not many runs. And Jack Bruce came in and played an absolute blinder and won the game mm -hmm. single-handedly for them. And then this year, um, yeah, we, we won the toss and chose to bat. I think Christian, from what the lads say, hasn't done um, done too well on the toss. I haven't had much with the Robert De Green on the toss this year. Um, so he won the toss and batted. Uh, the wicket actually was, it was pretty tough until... You know, after lunch, it was it was going through the top. So some balls were sort of exploding off the length. Others were were keeping low. Um, and this and is was, at Corfton Road, is it? Or where no, it's at, at Hornsey. At Hornsey. Oh, um, okay. And it was it was tough. It was, you know, I I haven't played much cricket this year, but I, I you know, it was, it was me and Holty were saying we batted together, which was lovely. But um, you know, get the chance too often these days, but. It was yeah, it was pretty it was pretty tough. Um, but then the sun the sun got on it, and it was it, it was like a different track really by the by the end of the day. And you know, they batted really well. One of their lads uh, got got a hundred. Uh, we could have got him stumped a couple of times, um, but it was there was a good knock in the end, and and you know they got close. Um, but we hung on for the draw. Uh, I think with. With, with the rules in all day cricket, you know, you can, if it's getting close, you can, I mean, they needed, I think, 15 off the last over. So we had everyone on the boundary, which I, yeah. I don't really, I don't really enjoy when we do that, but it, it is, it is what it is. And we've got to kind of, you know, use the rules to our advantage in those, those situations, but it was, it was a good game. And I think we declared on 59 overs. And I was going to say, you had speculated in a, in a positive way by declaring on 59. So, I mean, given that, I think taking the strain when you're getting into the 61st is probably fair enough, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it was really close. And they, there were quite a few times throughout their innings where I know I wasn't the only one thinking this, but, you know, we were probably going to lose it. And yeah. Yeah, Mungo bowled beautifully. Um, we had Stoey. And, Stogie was bowling pretty quick as well. And Ben Graves had a really good spell bowling left on spin. And, and Ahmed, um, you know, we said afterwards we could probably could have bowled Ahmed a bit sooner. Um, but he's he's still got it. You know, he's hmm. he, he's older, he's a couple of years older than me. He's still going, still loves cricket. And on on wickets like that, he's he's superb. And keeper standing up, he came on and, and broke the partnership pretty much immediately. Picked up another wicket later on and bowled, bowled really tightly and you know, with him on, on decks like that, if you you set your field well, it's he's really difficult to get away. So he he played a massive part in it. Um, but it was it, it was it was a good it was a good game, really good game. And um, glad we we came out on top of it. Um, I think I think in in the all day stuff, you have to be prepared to lose games to win games. And yeah. it, it's funny how the the mentality seems to have changed since I was playing more regularly. So I know when I was when I was captaining Ealing, and when Holty was captaining Ealing, if we if we lost the toss and got stuck in, we'd be gutted. We wanted to field first all the time, and we, we just found on on flat decks it's easier to to win games by chasing. And um, you know, sides really want to want to sort of dig in and, and, and block it out for a draw, and then actually on good on good decks it's difficult to bowl them out. So we always used to we always used to want to chase. Um law of averages we reckoned throughout the course of the season chasing would, would get you more points. Obviously it was all all day cricket then. I think you know it's, it's a completely different ball game really when, when you've got limited overs cricket. But yeah, it, it's funny how 
I'm quite interested in, in how the mentality has changed. And I think I think yesterday, um, I mean, the wicket looked looked okay when we turned up, and it would have been had we bowled first on it. I think I think it would have been um, there would have been more chance for a win. My impression is, and it's only an impression, is that more and more captains, particularly, and we talked about this the other week on the pod, when they win the task, the higher up you are, certainly they'll bat first and they'll get the runs on the board these days. So I think there has been a sea change. I can't quantify that, but my impression is that, that more teams are happy about it. And certainly, I know Carlos Nunes at Twickenham is, he's perfectly happy batting first. And uh, and that, that definitely wasn't the case 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. I, I find that sort of thing quite interesting in sport as well and I don't really know I don't really know what's caused the change um, but you know whatever it, it depends on the makeup of your team as well I think and you know we had a we had a pretty strong team back when I was playing more regularly and didn't, didn't really matter what we did to be honest but you know we, we definitely preferred to chase yeah I was going to ask you about Mungo Russell because I he batted really well against Twickenham and I, I don't know what his stats are for the rest of the season, but he, he looked like somebody who, one, w- w- was really thinking about what he was doing. You know, he, w- he was taking singles very impressively to, to run down what was a relatively small total. Um, and also, he, he, he played the big shot at Waddle at the right time. Is it, 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 and he's batting at seven or eight, right? Is, is, that, is that about right for him? Is yeah. it, is it, did I see him on a good day? Or what, what's your take on Mungo? Because I thought it looked like there was quite a bit there. Yeah. I mean, he could be, he could be a genuine all-rounder. Um, He's worked really hard on his batting, and I, I, I like him a little bit to, to Lee Parry. Because Lee, Lee, when he first arrived at Ealing, Lee was a bit older. Mungo's been a colt, but Lee's batting was was a lot weaker than it is now. But he he worked on it really hard, and and Mungo, you know, he's a, he's a lovely lad, really really talented bowler, obviously. But he works really hard on his batting as well. And you know, he was saying yesterday that he he's playing for Berkshire this year again, and. He's put his hand up to the night watchman for Berkshire, and his his reasoning for that is that, you know, if he has to go in late in the day and and wear a few for the team. He doesn't mind doing that, but the next day, actually, he's probably got the whole day to bat. <laughs> so, you know, he really wants to get hundred. And I think it's a great. I like the positive thinking. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great attitude. Yeah. And and he's, you know, I, I see, I see no reason if he continues to work on his batting like he like he is doing, then he you know he can become a genuine all rounder. And for Hornsey, I see Arthur George bowled 10 overs for not many. Uh, 10 overs, one for 19. And I guess you would have faced a, quite, quite a bit of that. Um, looks like a decent bowler, right? Yeah, he's, he's a proper bowler. Um, you know, he, he, he bowled really well. Um, shapes away really nicely and you know, managed to get some, um, you know, some life out, out of the wicket. And yeah, he, he got halty with an absolute beauty. Yeah. Good stuff. Want to keep an eye. I mean, I think I think the, the message that we were getting on Hornsey was that their bowling was was generally pretty good. It was about whether they were going to get enough runs, and and, and clearly um, that 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 sort of looked like it was resolving itself yesterday because it's uh, it, it was a pretty good chase. Um, do, do you think they've got a chance of staying up, or is it probably going to be a bridge too far for them? I don't, I don't know. It's a funny old game, isn't it? Um, yep. But yeah, I, I was saying to them that, you know, yesterday that you know, if you took if you took Travis Norris out of Stanmore last year, I reckon Hornsey were were probably as good as them. And they definitely had the standout bowling attack in that league last year. And, yeah. you know, they they, they, they bowled really well. And you know, Jack Bruce is a really good bowler. They've got the left armour who, who's, who's good. And, and Arthur, and they picked up a couple of others as well this year by the looks of it. Um, but, you know, we were... We were... 
I don't know. I think we, we did well to get to 250. I mean, I mean, Jake O'Sullivan, our, our overseas, he, he played an absolute blinder of a knock to get. He got a magnificent 100. Yeah, he started off pretty slow, found tough. Um, I batted with him for a bit before I got out. And then after lunch, he, he accelerated. I think his first 50 took 90 balls. And then his, at one point, he, he scored 38 of 12 when he got past 50. And he, he batted absolutely brilliantly. And what's yeah. his background, Lou? Where, where's he from? He's Australian, right? Yeah, he's from he's from uh, yeah, he plays for Manly in Sydney. Ah, okay. So he's a friend of, of Ryan Farrell, who played for us a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, steady production line of good cricketers at Manly. We've had a couple of those at Twickenham over the years, and they've um, they've been uh, Grade A performers. They've been really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we've had a I mean, when I was captain, we had Pat Darwin, who who played for Manly as well, and he then put us in touch with with Jackson Bird, who played for Manly as well at the time. So. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a bit of a bit of a connection with Ealing Mammy. Good stuff. Good stuff. Final game in the Prem. Sal was at Old Deer Park. Um, another close one. Yeah. To put, before we move on to some of the Hornsey in that game, and we should mention, I know the Luke sort of touched on it. The guy who got 100 for Hornsey was Josh Haynes. Ah, uh, yeah. Scored 110. Yeah, so just yeah. shout out to Josh um, for a century. Um, and also just talking about the relegation there while he was on that point. I mean, Hornsey in seven points. They've been, been looking to start. They need to win. I would say. Minimum four games from your last ten um, to have any chance. So it's going to be yeah, a, probably five. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying minimum. Yeah. yeah, you know, probably beyond that. But that's going to be a tough ask. But yeah, um, we move on. So yeah, Richmond, Twickenham, sort of a, a local. Uh, yeah. Keeping on the relegation theme. Yeah, <laughs> local sort of derby, as you might call it these days. Um, yeah. High scoring game. Um, Richmond, another side who liked to score heavily and proved that yesterday. But Twickenham also in the run. So. Um, Recent three fifties for your guys. Um, Pat Dixon seventy nine, Carlos Nunes captain seventy three, and then Scott Newman opened the batting fifty one, um, two ten one for seven, which probably looked a very competitive total, I imagine. And I know Richard were missing some as well yesterday. So again, I said you guys are in the box seat, maybe at the halfway point. Um, but there's a guy who loves playing at Twickenham. I'm sure he'd probably play through play in, in another life. I don't know what it is about us, but I mean. You know, he, he is absolutely made to bat against Twickenham. Wherever we play him, whether it's at Sunbury, on the green or at Richmond, he does wonderfully well. And he did yesterday, right? Adam London, yeah. So Richmond 26 for three at one point. Um, Rashid Muller's Abdi. Well, stroke four. Of course, yeah. We'll stroke come four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ten yeah. minutes, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah, and Rashid Muller's had a good atmosphere. spell. He took four in the end. Uh, but Adam London, 107, and Sam Goodwill scored 82. So it looked like Richmond were in, in the driving seat at one point. But then, as I said, Rash came back to a couple of wickets and... Uh, um, I mean, one of them games where I suppose any result was made possible towards the end with um, with both sides sort of maybe looking to attack, um, but Richmond had decided to come away with a draw. Yeah, I think that's a fair analysis. There was, there was plenty going on, um, and it did seesaw a bit. The, you know, 36 for three with two seconds on the board, stroke four, um, that then, um, you know, took them in the box seat. But um, respect you, Adam London led, uh, you know, an impressive fight back and, and Richmond were very much in the box seat but you know as you get closer to total sometimes the nerves do, do, do jangle a bit and they lost a few wickets and ultimately um, you know going when you go into the last over and all four results are possible you know you, you, that, that's not I mean a tie was, was not beyond the realms of possibility as well so so we were thinking that, that you know it, that that's a good game of cricket and, and certainly Carlos Nunez's response afterwards was it was a super day's worth of cricket it doesn't always feel like that when you come away with one point but um, you know in terms of the you know, what you've done during the day, that there was a lot of good stuff going on. We alluded to Richmond having 10 men, a rather strange incident, um, where um, 
for reasons that, that, that I'm not totally sure of, they ended up taking to the field with somebody who wasn't registered. But they realised this more or less immediately. They played about half an hour of the game. And so that they shifted that player to being um, basically a sub-fielder. And, and that player didn't bat or bowl. Now, the, the league will decide what, what they do with that. Um, and, and obviously, you know, not my job to, to second guess what the league will do. Although I suspect that starting a game with someone on your team sheet who should not be on your team sheet is probably not you're not going to get away with without a penalty for that um but i you know i i, I would what i would say is richmond did try they were very upfront about it and they did try and put it right um and uh, and that person was quickly quickly moved to you know to, to, to this to this new role now we've seen this before um, with other other sides um, in, in other circumstances and generally the league has a pretty straightforward position on that and and that will be as i say penalty incoming but i reckon give us 10 days sal and we'll probably know uh, um, what 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 the league's going to Going to pass on that. I don't know if you've got any any thoughts on that, Luke. I mean, you, you've probably played in games where where, where unregistered players have, have, have unfortunately popped up. Yeah, it's happened twice um, in teams I've played in. Um, so with Ealing, uh, I don't know, must be fifteen years ago. Um, we played Asan Faraz, who's a off spinner, still plays now in our, in our twos. He's a, you know, we went through the Colts from under 11s or whatever, um, and yeah, we picked him in the ones and. Um, thought he was registered for whatever reason or some admin cock up and we played him and he wasn't registered and yeah we got we got docked 10 points for that um also uh at Winchell Hill uh with Scott Newman who at the time was contracted at Middlesex uh we played him I think it was at East Coast and I don't think he scored any runs that day anyway but you know anyway we, he wasn't registered even though he was our allocated Middlesex pro um and we we got doc ten for that. So, mm. um, yeah, interesting to see. Yeah, I suspect there'll be something like that incoming. I think I think the situation is slightly different because they tried to you know they pulled him straight away. He didn't play in the game, but as as I've sort of inferred before, once you cross the line with one player who's not registered, then I think that that that's going to leave you in a difficult position. Sal, I guess you're you're you, you'd probably follow that, right? Yeah, I mean, this, this, I'm saying let's wait for the league. I'll, I'll play a straight bat and not, get, not make a comment until decided. Spot the umpire. He doesn't, he doesn't want to say anything out of, out of kilter. And I can totally understand it, Sal. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll report back on, on where that one goes. Um, last thing on the Premier League, folks, I picked up a useless stat today. Or maybe not so useless. Um, last year in the Premier League, there were 31 five-wicket hauls right, across the whole season. Um, now, we're one week away from halfway through. Any guesses as to how many there have been so far? Sal, what do you think? Um, 40. No, 31 was the whole oh, season. Oh, season. Oh, sorry, okay, um, so yeah. far. Yeah, how many uh, five wicket ones have we had? 13. Seems like a fair guess. It's, it's not right. Luke, do you want to, any thoughts on that one? No idea. Sorry, my oven's just going no. off. <laughs> yeah, no. Luke's got an oven to deal with, folks, for anyone who wonders why there's any odd squeaking noises in the background. Um, no, the reason I, it, it, it sort of caught my eye, and caught, to be fair, caught Nick Brown's eye, who, who, who pointed it in my direction, two. Really? Yeah. Two five-wicket hauls across the whole of the top flight this season. And we've been talking about the runs that have been scored, and we've been talking about this through the whole league. There seems to have been so many runs. Good weather, flatter wickets, maybe batting is just a bit stronger than bowling at the moment in the top flight, but there have been just the two five-wicket hauls, and there were 31 in the entirety of last season. So, you know, maybe there'll be 
four next week to start sort sort of you know evening it up somehow. But uh, but no, I was quite surprised to, to, to find there's only two. I've no chance to look who they were, but we we, we could know that. Bailey's the one, isn't he? Took one yesterday. The one Bailey. Uh, okay, that might be why Nick Nick picked up on it. So so yeah, that's further evidence. I guess that it's been a bit batsman friendly in general across the board so far. Um, Sal, moving into Div 1, uh, what do we need to know well, there? The question is, a bit, a bit of a shock, yeah, is it's, it's a tight race being blown open. Uh, House St Mary's beat Bronsby by 39 runs. So, um, a very good win for them. Uh, I am proud of this guy, actually. Um, guy I want to mention, I did think that, that day he looked a good player. So, Angus Prevost to open the back for a hand with House St Mary's. Um, scored 89. And Tom Pettit has been really consistent this season. Scored 14, near a total of 220 all out. And, and then and Bronsby's batting, which had been one of their sort of plus points of season, along with many other parts of the game as well, um, just couldn't get far in this at all. And mainly down to um, Joaki Joseph, took 5 for 69. Uh, James Grady, Bronsby's overseas, scored 62. But uh, in the end, Bronsby fell away to 181 all out. So first defeat of the season, then gives the sort of the chasing back some, some, some kind of hope. Do you know much about Joseph? I mean, 5 for 68, uh, 5 for 69 is a good performance there against a good side. Um, do, do you know anything about his background? Not really, no. I'm not sure um, if he's... Uh, I mean, I can quickly check while we're online. Um, if he's the overseas... They had an overseas originally who came, I think, and he went, didn't he? Yeah, he was um, an Indian fast uh, bowler, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's ended up playing somewhere else in the country. Um, I think he may have moved on. He may right. have had an offer somewhere else. So they brought Jiraki Joseph as the new overseas. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about his background, but I'll do some research for next week, maybe. But yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's obviously come up with, with the goods yesterday. Yeah. Um, Taking five, and you know, it's, it's, you know, bronze with batting is it's strong. So, you know, it's it's almost like probably worth double that really in terms of the guys he's got out and the impact he's had on the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, North London uh, moving forward quite impressively. Another good win yesterday. Beat Finchley by seven wickets, right? Really, really, really good win. Um, I mean, to win by that sort of margin is really a massive boost for the side and. Lots of sort of hope for the for the next part of the season, really. I mean, at one point we were really, really struggling. We were five for two um, in chasing Finch's total. I think about one seventy or it was in the end. Um, but we our, our two's captain Ralph Pedersen, who's his dad Bob, I'm sure some of us will know, is a panel umpire. Um, he's been drafted in recently just because we didn't have an opener, um, just players away um, injuries, etc. And he's done really well. He's had a good season in the bat in the twos, and he's sort of come into the into the ones and. You know, he scored 59 yesterday, so he had to really grind it out. Some good bowling from um, Dave Burton, really testing him yesterday. Um, Jahid Ali, who hasn't really had the season we wanted so far, but yesterday came up with a good score in 70. Um, and then Will Jones, who's sort of fully now looking to get back to full fitness, sort of came in and, you know, got the game done really pretty quickly, scoring 33 not out. So, yeah, really, really good win. I mean, eventually looked pretty, you know, at one point, um, Tom Powell, 75, and Will Leggett scored uh, an innings of 41. But our spinner sort of played quite a key role as a dismissal for 175. So, yeah, really, really good win for the guys. Um, and I'm sure, looking at the table now, they're probably quite happy. Yeah, I mean, as an outsider looking in, it's looked to me like North London have done done pretty well in the last few weeks. So they really click in. They haven't, haven't scored big totals, but you made the point the other week. Was it Will Jones who said that dirty runs and, and good runs they actually still are just runs? So you've got to get into the knack of, of winning games when you're not playing so well. Well, I don't think you needed to do that this week by the looks of it. You just played well. And that's, that's I guess, got to be got to be good moving forward. Who, who do you play next week? Who, who do you round off the first half of the season against? We've got, we've got Barnes next week. Um, and it's okay. actually, I mean, it's probably going to shoot me in the foot on the side, but we've actually got 
players back. So captain's a real selection issue. We've got you're doomed, Sal. You should never have said I, I can't believe you've I gone know. down this route. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've got a young lad who scored two centuries in the two in the last two weeks. So he's banging on the door. So um, good luck to Alan mm. this week when it comes to picking a side. But yeah, we've got Barnes. But as we know, in, in, in all the divisions, no easy games. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and Barnes, I think Barnes are a side that have been a bit up and down with availability as well. So no doubt they'll be, um, they'll be chomping at the bit to get some, get some points on the board. Um, Acton also had a good win. Beat Osterley, the, the ever unpredictable Osterley. Um, so they'll be pleased with life. Yeah, I mean, that's, they're, they're one of the sides we've been talking about in, in this sort of chasing pack. Um, I mean, you know, originally it was probably one promotion place that potentially up for grabs, but now it's almost two now, due to the fact that in the last two weeks have had sort of stumbled a little bit. Um, Acton, uh, 44 points in, in fifth place. Um, they looked at one point in a bit of trouble, chasing down a total of uh, 162 or 68 for five, but a partnership between um, Duvranshu, Bartia, scored 65 not out, and Raj Riker, Floating not out, sort of got them over the line. Um, the, the guy who put Osley in the driving seat was Usman Arif. Um, was pretty sharp. Took four for thirty-two. No um, Keswick this week. I'm not sure where he was. So um, acting probably be quite happy. He never turned up. So it just come and go a bit, doesn't he? he? Seems to play one week and then yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if he's travelling or if he's got sort of other work commitments while he's over here as well. So yeah, he's not been available all the season so far. But um, you know, it looks like they missed him yesterday because. Yep. Six for five, he could do some damage as well, couldn't he? Really, but yes, yeah, so I'm sure Hill will be really happy with that win. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt at all. And um, the bottom of the table shootout, Barnes and Enfield, which we said before could be quite an interesting game, and um, and it was a lot of runs about, uh, and ultimately another close finish, right? Or close-ish finish. Barnes, yeah, I mean Barnes amassed two eight six for seven or fifty four. Um, uh, Roy Rosman and Michael Wall both scored ninety four. But it was the Sayers brothers back back in action together who led the response. Uh, Bradley Sayers scored 64 and Tony, uh, the captain's also for 53. Um, but Barnes, sort of, you know, to the credit, sort of kept probing away. And in the end, um, in the field, who got 47 overs back, had to settle for the winning draw, mm. scoring 262 for seven. Yeah. I think Bradley Sayers goes under the radar a little bit, doesn't he? Because Tony hits the ball a long way and people know know that he's a real danger. But but I think Brad's had a pretty consistent, uh, consistent season thus far. And, and I think they'll probably... Obviously, a win would have been even better, but getting the winning draw at least stops a little bit of a rot that they that they were were struggling with. So, you know, moving forward, I think Enfield will probably see that as, um, yeah, an opportunity miss, but at, at least they were, you know, they got the better end of it. Um, last game in the division, Winchmore Hill um, beat Wembley by five wickets, which sounds relatively straightforward, right? Relatively. It does, but um, I mean, at one point, Wembley were in a good position. Yeah. 50 for Darrow Boyce and Shoppen, who, who was on last week, uh, who, who's... Um, you know, put Wembley at 92 for two, but then um, a guy I'm sure Luke can talk about in a minute or two, Abbey tip, tip near the overseas, um, returning back for the second season, took five wickets, and then um, Ross Forrester with 41 and George Wilmer 63 saw Winchmore home inside for 87. I, think, I mean, speaking about yesterday, I think Winchmore, they've had a bit of a sort of shaky start to the season, but it seems like the availability will get better. I mean, it happens in most clubs as well, but they've got a lot of sort of university boys back in school, so school boys back and doing studying and exams, etc back in within the club so I think we can see maybe which more potentially moving up the table in the next sort of few weeks I think they play Bronsbury this week as well which will be quite interesting oh. because they definitely improved the last three or four weeks so something's definitely clicked back in and they've got you know they've moved steadily up the table um, but look you, you played in this division last year you, you're going to know more about it than Sal and I what, what, what's your take on what you've seen so far in, in terms of results and what, what the table's looking like um, I don't think it's a surprise that, that Bron and Harris St Mary's are at the top um, they were mm-hmm. 
well, Harrow last year, I think we're unlucky not to get promoted. They, they were, you know, pretty, pretty good side. Rabbi Patel and, and Kyle had some really good spinners as well. Um, yeah, it's a strong league, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, it's a kind of, it's a different kind of attitude in that league. I found because you, you know, you've got sides who are, are really scrapping to, to get up as opposed to trying to avoid coming down. And I think that, that does affect the way that the cricket is played as well. Um, yeah, it's much more, it's much more incentive to, to try and do well on the characters to get promoted and, you know, playing, you know, trying to avoid getting relegated from the Prem is quite a negative way to go about it. So, um, so there's some, some pretty hard games of cricket there last year. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it was an interesting experience yep. the last couple of years play, playing in that, in that league. And, you know, you get some, get some sort of lesser known grounds or, or whatever, but, you know, you, perhaps some of the facilities yep. aren't as good. Um, different challenges, some of the umpiring as well. Um, you know, so I don't expect you to comment on this, but you know, you get some, some umpires who are, who are coming up um, and others on their way down. And I think some of, you know, sometimes it's great, other times it's a bit mixed. Um, so yeah, different challenges, I think. Um, but it's, it's certainly an interesting league. And yeah, let's see what happens. Well, I was messaging with Sasha Selber-Atman this morning about, about Winchmore Hill's performances, and he, and he said one of the things that you shouldn't do in this division is expect anything to be straightforward. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think that's a bad motto for most games of cricket, or even most, most things in life, but at the same time, I, I get his point. You know, and, and we spoke to um, Shop and Juma last week from, from Wembley, and, he, and he, he sort of said, you know, Wembley think they can beat anybody on their day. And he's probably right. They probably can. Um, but also, Wembley have been quite inconsistent at times. So, so I, I think there's, um, th- th- there's more unexpectedness for, for better or worse in, in, in Div 1 and that, that probably something we're going to see all the way all the way down and, and, and Sasha pointed that out this morning so I thought yeah I mean he's played more cricket in that division of late than I have so it seemed like a fair um, a, a fair comment um, moving forward I, I don't know if you know much about the Winchmore Hill 11 at the moment and, and the sort of squad that they're shaping but I guess we'd expect an upward trajectory in the second half of the season right? I hope so yeah it's, it's largely unchanged from when I played there and everything if anything they, yeah, it's a bit weaker I mean Gap Gats had a knee operation, so he's been out all season. And obviously, he's a you know top quality batsman, but he's also very important yeah. with the ball as well. Even even last year, with you know with a dodgy knee, he was still bowling seamers with the keeper standing up and you know landing it on a dinner plate for ten overs or whatever, and, and bowling ten overs for twenty week in week out. Um, yeah. So he's a very important player not only with the bat but also provides some control with the ball as well um james james gogan who's an off spinner who, who bowled really well the last couple of years when i played there he's also not playing and that's a you know it's a big blow but you know they've got they've got a really young team and and they're a, a really good bunch of lads and sasha's doing a, a, a really great job as captain putting them all together and you know, Abbe, you mentioned... And Titnis, the overseas, is a good player, right? Or oh, certainly his stats make him look like a good player. He's had a solid season this year. Yeah, he's, he's top class. He really is. And, you know, he's, he's someone who I would, I would expect to... Like, I, you know, India's a very big country, but, you know, I'd expect him to, to go on and achieve much higher things in cricket. He's, he's, a, he's a great fielder. Um, really, good, really good spinner as well, an attacking spinner. And his batting is... Is excellent as well. That's left-handed, uh, very graceful kind of player. But he scored some 
as well as taking a lot of wickets this year so far, he's, he's scored some good runs. And it's nice to see George Saunders get some runs as well. He's a, he's a really good, um, you know, he's a, he's a good young young batter who, you know, people, people at Hill, in my experience, thought that he was someone who'd just go in and, and, and give it a whack. But actually, he's much better than that. He's a, he's a proper player. So it's nice to see him get some runs. Good, good. Good, good. Sam, moving into Division 2, um, Harrytown have lost their unbeaten record. Not their unbeaten record. They've lost their 100% record, although they are still very much um, still unbeaten. It was a close one, though, wasn't it? I mean, it seems to be like the one we spoke about in your game. One of the games where the last... I think even the last four or four results might be possible by the sounds of it. Um, Harrytown, um, in the end, got the winning draw. But East Coast put a great fight up, and East Coast have definitely, definitely improved in the last few weeks, um, and making them sort of you know, move up the table in, in, in a good way for those guys. Um, Harpool Sagu fifty five for East Coast, but Harrowtown in chasing two, the total down of two two over nine, I think it was for nine. Two one um, nine, yeah, two one nine. Sorry, two one nine. Um, well, one fifty for one. So you know you fancy the league leaders sort of get home from there, wouldn't you? Really, but um, Avianna with a spell five forty five for forty four for East Coast really made it sort of thrilling finish. Um, and you've probably got a bit of info regarding this, the last over, Dan. I yeah, yeah I, I did a bit of digging on the last over. Like, it, it, I mean, they're basically three yards away from being played 8-1-8. And by that, I mean that they got into the last over. And they're nine down. So again, we've got all the results on the table here, potentially. And um, it got, got down to the last ball. And the last pair had put on, um, put on half a dozen or so. And they needed six to win. Um, and, uh, and and the guy went for it, and um, he was three yards short. It was first bounce four. So they ended up on 218 for nine, uh, one run behind Eastcote, um, and, and, yep, three yards away from the six that would have would have kept that uh, 100% record going. But, I mean, you know, they're still, what, is it 26 games now? They're unbeaten over yeah, two seasons, I'm which is, yeah. is, yeah. is pretty impressive, and, and they're clearly still top of the pile. So... Um, so, so they're still going reasonably well, I think. And we've got some sides getting second, right? Yes, I've got another side who sort of surprised me this season. I didn't think they'd probably do as well they as they have. They've quite come through, haven't they? Yeah, but credit to them. I, mean, they, they, I think one of the signings they've made is probably signing the season almost in that division. Josh Fisher um, played for Acton as an overseas previously. Bowls well and he hits the ball quite hard as well. Um, he's been a fantastic addition to the side for those guys. Um, they played Jim Carner, Jim Carner, who've been struggling of late recently. So... Um, Two one ten, sorry, two ten for five or fifty three for Southgate. Um, Adil Saeed sixty two, and then Jim Carnham bowled out for one two eight. As I mentioned, Fisher did the damage with the ball, taking five for thirty nine. So um, they sit, you know, ten points behind Harrow, Harrow Town, but with a twelve point lead over the third place side, Southampton. Yeah, so they're they're looking in, in general as if they're as, as if the you know the car's rolling in the right direction there. Um, over the way from you, Highgate. Plenty of runs. I assume Highgate were at home. I don't know why I assume that, but um, six hundred odd runs in a day, basically uh, for Highgate. Some, some decent scoring. They were um, three or five for so three or four for five or forty nine. So like a generous declaration against Brentford. Um, they're overseas. A guy called Ben Donkers, uh, real real sort of character. Um, hits the ball. We've mentioned miles. him a few times. He scored a few runs this yeah. year, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been a good sign. I mean, he was back in today in the MDI and retired, so he must have got fifty today as well. Um, yes, yeah, for 105 yesterday, and Sachin Rawson, one of the young lads, has come through the sort of cult system they've got there. His dad's heavily involved in the club as well. Um, he's called Sempton out. I mean, Brentford, you know, it could be one of them games where you kind of think, 
you know, Uzeam Jad, the spin of a high gate, this would be something that he'll really look forward to bowling quite a few hours. But, you know, they they put up a really good fight. Um, Nikun Prajapati scored um, 93. So, you know, credit to Brentford for sort of not entirely digging in there, but sort of, you know, making um, Highgate really think about making, you know, how they sort of, you know, led their response in taking wickets. And, um, yeah, Brentford's total was uh, something I'm sure they'd be sort of pretty pleased with in the end. And they come away with losing Jordo as Highgate pick up the majority of the points. Yep. A run fest involving Highgate. Yeah, um, impressive stuff. If you move into Division 3, um, in many ways, the, the story was pretty predictable in Division 3. The top two were playing the bottom two. So um, you generally expect, you know, the, the top two sides to come through, and they did. Uh, Wickermouse therefore stayed top. They had a pretty convincing 147-run win against Stoke Newington. Hamza Khan's got a pretty rapid 61. Uh, and Tyler Malik uh, uh, chipped in with 79. And then um, Rohail Iman took six for 37. So pretty straightforward day at the office for, for Wickham House. Um, Kenton in second, they were playing Ealingham Wellians. And um, that was an even more straightforward day, day at the office, to be perfectly honest. They were 2-6-3-4-6. Kenton uh, declared uh, pr- pretty, pretty promptly and uh, Ealingham Wellians were, were 90 all out. Kalpesh Karai 101 uh, and Roshan Patel Six for twenty-three. So at both the business end and and, and the trapdoor end of the table in Division Three, it was um, it was much as it uh, as it was before. Um, London Tigers. Well, no Sammy Hyder watch this week, Sal. Um, well, no, we, we, for, for those who are not aware, we've been following him because he is the leading wicket taker in the league, and he's still going. Um, although not this weekend, didn't play. Not sure if he played in the twos. Maybe I should, I should perhaps have checked that. But um, point, but he wasn't playing, and they um, they probably could have done with him if I'm being. Being perfectly honest, because they uh, yeah they, they didn't do so well, and that they they came out on the uh, the wrong end of a seven wicket defeat against Actonian. So um, so they're eleven points ahead of Stoke Newington in eighth. If we look at Division Four, um, K Plus extended their lead. They've gone uh, sixteen points clear now. They were eleven points clear at the start of the day, and they were they, they were playing second place Friends United, and that was a bit of a damp squib, to be honest. Friends United got ninety five. And K-plus were 99 um, for four. Uh, Primal Patel doing most of the damage. He got five for 32. That means that Besbra, one of the, the the older names in the league, um, certainly those of us who've been around quite a long time will have remembered Besbra playing it a bit higher in Division 4. Well, they're now second, so they're now looking like they're, 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 they're sort of um, looking north in terms of their progress. And they're one point ahead of old Isle Worthians, who are third. Both won. Um, Suvan uh, Sivakuma scored 198 for Besbras, they beat Pinner Challengers by eight wickets, so 191 v 196 for two. And Old Eyes um, got past North London Muslims, but it was that was a, a, a pretty close encounter. It was 228 for Old Eyes and um, 221 all out for North London um, Muslims. Mohammed Sharif, 108 for um, Isleworthians. Um, Abdul Nala taking four for th- 39 for North London Muslims. And... Um, just as they probably thought they were going to sneak home um, uh, um, North London there, uh, they lost two wickets with the score on 221. So there were seven short, two wickets in the hutch. And uh, the old war horse, Alex Thamby, the skipper of old Isle Worthians, came on, took both of the last wickets in a, in a captain's performance um, to, uh, you know, to help them move up into third place. Um, did five, Sal? Did anything catch your eye there? Uh, like you mentioned, there was... Uh sort of top versus bottom and same case here. So London Sportive for the top is 70 points, um, beat bottom of the table, eating three bridges um, by seven wickets in the end by the looks of it. Um, 
Sarafat, yeah. Ali scored 109. So, yeah, sort of good season continues. Pretty strong campaign from London Sportif. And Willow Leather have moved um, moved quite clearly into second, right? Yeah, I mean, my mass for 109 versus New Capitonians. Um, Sapnil Pokarka scored 90. Um, and then they bowled up their, their, their opponents for 174. So, I wouldn't mind knowing where Willow Leather plays. Wherever I see them, they seem to be scoring a lot of runs. It makes me think they should be they're batting on a motorway. I suspect they're not. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, fair play. They do they do get runs on the board. Um, uh, Willow Leather, respect due to them there. Division six, well, division six, right? It's probably the division that most people around Middlesex want to least about because there's obviously a lot of new teams there that, that folks won't necessarily know. But it's it's undoubtedly the tightest of them all. London Super Kings are top with sixty three. United Sporting Club a second, sixty two. Youth Wing, a third, 61. Harry Millennium, a fourth, and you've got it, 60. So um, four points across the four teams. Um, they're all going well. Um, Harry Millennium were the only team to, to, to lose this weekend. Uh, they lost against Regent's Park, and that, that obviously made them slip from first to fourth. But um, that, that is a close race, and, and there's going to be some interesting cricket moving forward there. Um, closest game was between Bahani and Stallions. Worth remembering, it's still win-lose cricket in Division 6. They're not playing the all-day format there or the time format. So that was 283 v um, 276, both sides being out in 45 overs. So there was plenty of time left in the game at both ends uh, there. Uh, and yet 283 played 276. Zishan Chowdhury, 126 off the small matter of 78 balls for the Stallions. So that's the, uh, the divisions quickly covered. In terms of our played eight, one eight, Sal. Well, we had three last week and this week we've got precisely none, right? Yeah, so the records are the sort of... Say, records, but they're, yeah, they're sort of a good start. So, I mean, it's still carrying on, obviously, but uh, the 100% records have gone. Harrowtown, and we mentioned earlier on, we're going to draw Division 2. Um, our North London 3 had a very good win against uh, Luke's, Luke's for 11 at Ealing. Um, we scored 320 for 5 or 46 and bowled a map for 289. So... Um, that's a stonking before three twenty or forty six. I mean, your, your threes scored, must be really strong. We've a lot of runs this year, but we've never actually been defended. So even a three twenty was probably one that was, you know, one hundred percent confident winning the game. So you can never be that. But um, yeah, we've had some big scores chased down at our place. It's a small little ground in like front box. So, I was going to say it's not the biggest yeah. ground in Middlesex, is it? If no, it, no, no, no disrespect, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. So the, the, I'm sure Charlie, the captain, really, really happy. Actually, he was really happy last night because he was pretty drunk when I left him last night in the clubhouse. So. Um, yeah, so the guy's really happy to, to be take the top of the evening. Good stuff. And um, Brentham Threes were the third and final team. We'd played 7-1-7. Seven, seven. Um, they got a big winning draw um, against Chiswick, 2-8-4 for 4 or 44. Uh, and then they were 164 for, for 7 um, in reply, Chiswick. So, so a winning draw for Brentham Threes. Uh, Matt Plews with 106 there for them. So still going well. Still, still top of the table, but not quite able to continue their, um, you know, their, their immaculate record. Luke, do you, do you know much about the third team at Ealing? They, they, they look like they're, um, they're, they're pretty strong this week's reverse to one side. Yeah, yeah, they're doing really well. There's been a few few big scores. Um, we've had quite a bit of movement between the twos and the threes, so it's always a bit difficult to keep track of who's playing where, but it's, you know, they've, yeah. been, doing, they've been doing really well. Um, a couple of youngsters who have got some, some big scores over the last few weeks. Um, so, yeah, good side. And it looks like the fixture computer has again done this. You know, it, it's doing its thing because we've got Ealing Threes on 72 now, having not won at the weekend. Hampstead Threes, who 
evidently lost one game a while back and not been on our radar for the perfect record. They're on 71. And, of course, they play each other in Week 9. So that they, they will play each other in Week 18 as well. So um, keep an eye on your third-team captain, Luke. That's all I'll say. You know, he'll, he'll want his strongest side possible this week, and, and now you know why. <laughs> um, good, good. So, top and bottom scores. What, what do we have this week? High score, Willow Lever, 309 for 8. Off 47, as mentioned, Diff 5. Good old Willow Lever. Uh, yeah, you're your you're sort of second team. And then the low score um, went to Edingham, went into a 90 all out in Div 3 against Kenton. Yep. And what I would say is 90 all out, that's the lowest score in a first team game across seven divisions. It does say there's a, there's a fair bit of, of runnage going on here because you'd expect somebody to have a disaster. And if that's the most disastrous innings, then, then there's, there's certainly a fair few runs about. What about in the league more broadly? So did, did anyone beat or, or, or I'm not sure what's the opposite? Yeah, so Wickham House 2, they had a real Anyone do even worse than Ealing Williams? Yeah, I mean, in terms of top scores, Wickham House 2 had a fantastic day yesterday. Um, 330 for 5 in 50 overs and then bowled out initial 2s for 105. I just had a quick um, pop on Instagram. Wickham House captain um, for that day um, had a good day as well for his side. So he took 9 for 37, a uh, guy called for him, Malik. So, um, wow. Good day for him. As I said, his side were victorious against Enfield, bottom up for 105, which he took nine wickets. So, good day for him. Low score, um, Bahani second, 29 all out in 21.3 overs versus K, plus, who got there for loss of one wicket. So, that was a really early finish. They, they could have joined Luke and Ikea, maybe, by the sounds of it, by the time they got finished. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't, didn't hang about at K-plus either, did they? 5.4 overs, as you say. I, I noticed with that one as well, the top score in the Bahani, Bahani game, they're 29 on eight, obviously, 15. And there was, there was also six wides. So I, I dread to think what the next top score was. It's probably something like one or two, right? Um, definitely a bad day at the office, one to be written off and, um, and moved on from. Dig of the day, we normally have a look to see if there's any sides who've gone big on the, on, on the, um, on the losing draw this week. We, we've still not had any real... Classics of the genre. I mean, what we did have one game last year where somebody had faced more or a team had faced more overs than had actually scored more runs as they were batting out for a losing draw. The best I could find yesterday was Finchley threes, who were 112 for eight off 42, which is a decent dig in, but I mean, it's it, that's not up to the standards of last year. So I'm waiting for the first first real uh, rear guard action to come to the fore. Now I'll um, I'll keep looking. Uh, rest assured. Sal, anything else that we need to um, uh, be aware of this week? So we had um, a cup game today. I'm just going by the some post on the internet, so I'm presuming this is correct. Uh, we can always presume that, but still. Yes, yeah, so Barnes played um, Indian Jimkani in the Middlesex Trophy. Yep. An absolute run-fest here. Um, Barnes, 4-7-2 for free. Wow. 4-7-2? Yeah, 4-7-2 for free, or 45. And Jim Carney's reply was 318 for 9 or 45. Um, so 3 wow. one eight for 9. So, yes, yeah, so Barnes now at home to uh, Southampton in, in the quarterfinals. How'd you go out and chase that in a limited overs game of cricket? I guess you just got to go bonkers from the beginning, right? Yeah, it's like stick cricket, isn't it, really? It's mm, amazing. Luke, I'm to throw a random one at you. What's the biggest score you find yourself chasing down in limited overs cricket? Have you ever had anything of that magnitude? Oh, I couldn't, couldn't tell you, to be honest. I mean, one of the games... I've definitely not had a 400. I've had a few high 300s, but not 400. in a 400. Uh, we, we played... What year it was now? It would have been... I think it's 2005 we we had a, a evening standard competition which doesn't run anymore yeah. but it was you know pretty important final at the oval and everything and and ahmed elek who he played yesterday in the ones at ealing he had an amazing run he broke the record i think keithy runner singh held the record before him 
for the amount of runs in the evening standard in a, in a season. And Ahmed got a, a double hundred against Wembley. And yeah, we, we got a total of like 440, I think. And, and they got about 300 in return as well. One of their guys got a hundred. Um, but yeah, he, Ahmed then got a hundred in the semi-final against Richmond and a hundred at the oval against Bromley. He had like Joey Benjamin opening the bowling and, um, another lad from Kent, Rob Furley, I think left arm spinner. Ahmed, but we lost in the final, but Ahmed batted, batted beautifully. Um, but yeah, Wembley 440. I remember we'd messed around with the batting order a little bit and I was sat in a paddling pool with Halty under the long, on the next to the long on basically watching these sixes fly over our heads. It was <laughs> extraordinary. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Sal, how about you? Have you ever, I mean, 400 beyond me. I've never, never played in a game with that many. You, you, you in the same boat? Yeah, yeah, never that many. I mean, 300s, yeah, quite a few of those. Um, I wouldn't say quite a few. I played a couple of last year with that, but nowhere near the 400 plus mark. Mm, that's impressive stuff. I'm going to have to dig a bit deeper to find out what's going on there. 472, impressive stuff from, from Barnes. Luke, last question moving forward. So you said you've been, been away a little bit with work and, and, and things have kept you away from cricket. Is that going to change for the, for the remaining 10 weeks or, or how much cricket do you think you're going to play? I'll play a bit. Um, I've got got a holiday in August. We're going to going to France for a couple of weeks, and well, I'm quite enjoying it at the moment. I I don't necessarily want to play every week. I, I think my family life and everything it can become a bit of a chore, chore yeah. if you have to play every week. But we'll see, we'll see. Um, we've got a few inju- injuries at the moment, so if I if I'm needed, I'll I'll happily play. Um, but, Great but stuff. Every club needs people. Yeah, it needs people with attitudes like that, you know, to, to, to slip in where needed. Crikey, that's a, that's a breath of fresh air compared, compared to some souls who have slightly different takes on, on, on their importance to the side and when they should and shouldn't be playing. Um, great stuff. Luke, thanks for coming on board. It's been, it's been great getting your insights as ever. Um, we'll no doubt have you back at some point in the future to talk about your, the next record that you may have broken, whatever it may be. Um, and in the meantime, go well. Uh, I hope the rest of the season treats you, treats you fine and, and try and keep out of Ikea if you can. I'll I, I do my best on that front. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, thanks. Yeah. So before we go, Luke, I want to ask you: Were you aware which bowler in the MCTL has taken the most wickets since we've had sort of stats available for Premier League uh, cricket? Which bowler's taken the most wickets? Yes, I, I, in the Premier League, Sal, yeah. or in the league itself? Premier, Premier, Premier League. League. So, like, okay. Luke, sort of similar comparison, but a bowling uh, a bowler. It has to be perhaps. It is indeed, mate. You're, you're one of your uh, best yeah, mates. So you both right. now occupy top position in bass and bowling. I saw him on Thursday. He's well. a long way ahead, Sal. Is, is he? Is, is he sort of miles away? Because he, he he could be. I guess. I mean, he is because the, the guys below him don't sort of play anymore. I mean, the nearest one on there is Palminder from your club, so he's about it's under three hundred behind. So it's a few years to go before he gets that if he carries on. I think that'll be a hard record to beat because when Peps was playing, it was all day cricket. For, for every game, so he could bowl 25 overs of a game. Is Pep still playing? Plays for Wokingham now. Woke, oh, he'd moved across. Okay, because I remember he was at Datchet, and I noticed he wasn't at Datchet anymore. Okay, Wokingham, yeah. oh, not too far from me. Okay, have have a, a cheeky look. See how he's getting on when he's, um, you know, when he's when, when he's playing at home one week in the future. Good stuff, folks. Thanks as ever for for coming on board and, and talking shop. Um, Sal, we'll reconvene next week, and Luke, we'll we'll no doubt see you soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Cheers,
Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.